so excited for this episode because it's with my personal healer and spiritual coach, Charmaine Kilcup. In this episode, we talk about the magic of her healing work, her spiritual emergency, and how this led to her journey of self-forgiveness and worthiness. She also talks about the importance of self-forgiveness and how to use it in order to heal. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's great to have you here. It is heading into spring. It's crazy. In April uh, in Michigan and in Chicago, we still had snow at least two times and the month is not over yet. But um, it's been a really interesting transition and at this cusp of shifting from the cool weather over to spring weather, I've decided to do a cleanse I like to do that seasonally, especially from winter to spring, to just let my body release what it needs to release, all the incubation that's happened over the winter and all the things that have been um, working itself on the inside in my heart and my spirit and in my body. Uh, It's good to release that for the spring where it's warmer and things are ready to blossom and to make the space for what's coming, what's growing. I encourage you to do the same thing. And uh, if you're interested, there's an ally with death experiential, which is a visualization to connect with the energy of death so that you can tune into what needs to go, what needs to release or end in your life, in your psyche, in your physical and outer world, as well as your inner world, to give you the shiny feeling of inspiration and purpose in life as well as help you move forward into your abundance and growth for this next season. This experiential is right now an online guided format where you are um, given prompts online and you can do this at your own pace. And then once you hit submit, the responses will be sent back to you within 24 hours. I've just recorded the audio version for that. So if you do end up buying this experience right now, I'll also send you the audio when that's complete. If this feels inspiring to you, jump on my website and take a look. It's at candiswoo.com slash death. I love to do this at least once a year, if not twice or three times. So um, it's a process that helps me get in touch with what's going on in my life right now that I want to shift and uh, what do I want to nourish and cultivate. So with this cleanse, I decided to do a bunch of nourishing and nutrient-rich soups as well as smoothies. The thing is about my body, it's very vata. Vata is the Ayurvedic dosha that is air and space. And those qualities, those elements of nature are very flowy, movement-oriented, drying, quick and can make me feel unbalanced if I feel a lot of that energy in me, if I'm um, having more stress in my life or having some emotions come up and not addressing them, or if I start to kind of tailspin into some of my fears, I can 
create too much movement in myself and that can lead to more vata. And so because of that, I decided to do a more nourishing cleanse where I'm not fasting or anything like that. And the soups, they're very warming to counterbalance the cooling effect of vata. And also smoothies. I like smoothies. I don't like too much sugar, but I do a lot of uh, vegetables in my smoothies. And it felt a little too cold in the weather to have the smoothies cold. So I started to heat them up. And actually, they're surprisingly really good. I know it sounds weird, but um, if you're someone like me with vata, it's like cooking your salads is the best thing you can do because it already uh, releases one level of heating that my body has to do on its own and it's already warming my body. So um, that and I've been doing some dry brushing as well as abhyanga, which is a sesame oil massage with marble points in the morning and tongue scraping, oil pulling, as well as basti, which is an enema couple of times this week I'll do that and so far I've already felt a lot clearer like my mind just feels it feels easy to to focus which is funny as I say that sentence I'm like not too focused but it's like I don't I almost don't know how to describe it it's so clear and calm and settled right before this cleanse I was feeling so uninspired with my food and meals and just, uh, I don't want to cook. I don't have anything interesting to make. And with this cleanse, I decided to not do meat. I do eat meat regularly. It helps ground me. But in this cleanse, I'm not doing meat. I'm doing a little bit of fish, but I'm doing some bone broth and lots of veggies, a little bit of lentils, a little bit of tofu. And with this kind of restriction or new framework, I've been so creative with creating all sorts of soups, my steamer and my Vitamix. These two are my best friends right now. And it's just super easy to steam something up real quick with some garlic or onion and throw it in the Vitamix and create a pureed soup and top it with some sauteed mushrooms or a little bit of tuna on top. Yum. And with all this, I'm just letting myself slow down and feel into what wants to emerge in me as I cleanse, what wants to be seen, and to be more intentional as I come out of this cleanse, feeling how good I feel doing meditation and yoga as well every day and giving myself extra space between things feels amazing. And I want to continue some of those practices as this cleanse is over. So I wanted to just share that with all of you today and um, encourage you to do something for yourself as the season shifts, whether that's intention setting or journaling or doing a cleanse for yourself. If you need any guidance with that, feel free to connect with me or someone who really recommend an Ayurvedic practitioner or someone who um, can really see into how your constitution is and what you might need right now or someone who's very intuitive with the work of food and nutrition. Whatever it is that you do to support you, I encourage you to do it with a lot of loving and gentleness. And as the energy of spring comes forward, it's more open and outward. It's more lively and 
moving. And so it might support you to do a little bit more meditation and grounding to feel like you're in your body through this transition. There's a podcast episode that's coming to mind that I recorded about six months ago about tuning into the elements of nature. And as the season shifts, if you're tuning in now to the elements and the temperature, the feel of the air, the taste even of the minerals that are here and now where you're at, um, the smell of the air, the sweetness sometimes, you can really almost taste and smell and hear and feel the vibration of it all. And to do so helps you sync up with with nature and what's happening now and balance yourself. And that episode is at candiswoo.com slash nature. And it includes some guided meditations that are from tantric practice, as well as somatic experiencing to support you in feeling embodied. So let's transition to connecting with Charmaine here. I'm so happy to have her on the show. Charmaine is someone I've been working with for several years now. She's my healing coach and spiritual coach, whatever she calls herself, which is pretty much where we begin with talking about the magic of her work, which is very similar to my work. So uh, a lot of you out there that are working with me might hear these echoes and also reflections in the work of Charmaine and what she talks about here in this podcast. She has been incredibly inspiring to me and taught me this the power of forgiving yourself, just using words of forgiveness to help the entire energy system release what it is that I've been judging myself about. The forgiveness statements touch to the root of the belief sets that are happening inside of me and within my paradigm not just on a mental level, but on the body level. And focusing on the judgment, forgiving the judgment feels like the key to everything because it's okay that we have these beliefs. It's okay that we live out of fear sometimes or some belief set that we've inherited or created out of an experience. But what we do is we judge ourselves and that creates another layer of pain and suffering. And we don't need that layer. So that forgiveness is so beautiful. And what I found though, is that the forgiveness wasn't moving until I got in touch with my body. And so the work I did before connecting with Charmaine really helped me to feel in my body and be able to tap into my emotions and open up all the channels of every single emotion to move through and out so that when we touched on some judgment or belief set that it could move really easily. But even so, if I couldn't feel through an emotion that well in that moment, Charmaine was incredible at working with the body as well and allowing that to open up from such a loving, loving, loving place. So it's to her that I credit a lot of my self-loving at this stage in my life. And her energy just soothes my whole being. So before we jump in, I want to just share a little bit more about Charmaine. She is a PhD in psychology and helps people transform trauma, self-judgment, and pain into joy, ease, and loving and she's trained as a counselor, psychologist, and energy worker. And she's found that self-forgiveness and self-love are the keys to healing that most modalities are, are missing. 
For her, they were game changers that helped her transform an eating disorder, depression, and anxiety into a life of joy and delight. And since that time, she's dedicated her career to helping people learn how to use self-forgiveness to transform the negativity that's in their lives. She has a private practice and is the co-founder of the Institute of Spiritual Coaching, which trains people to use self-love and self-forgiveness in their private practices. You can tune into also her free gift of a meditation and a self-love quiz at her website, charminekelcup.com slash self-love-quiz. So it's with great honor and pleasure to introduce Charmaine to the show. Charmaine Kilcup, it is so fantastic to have you on the show today. Thank you, Candace. I always love talking to you. So happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. I uh, I just get so soothed by your voice. <laughs> I want to introduce you today. Um, you are a spiritual coach and you're not just any. You are my healer and spiritual coach. And I started to get a little nervous. I was thinking, oh man, Charmaine's coming on the show. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? She's the most loving, spacious, <laughs> expansive being I know. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here, truly. It has been amazing to work with you. It's been about two years, I think. And gosh, I think it's been longer. Has it? You're you're probably it's right. Been a while. Yes. <laughs> you remember yes. things sometimes that I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, you're a spiritual coach and you were trained as a psychologist and a counselor and an energy worker. And want to just open up uh, the space for you to share from your perspective who you are and where you are on your journey right now. Okay. It's always tough for me to answer, truthfully. So professionally, yes, I call myself a spiritual coach because I haven't found a better term for, mm -hmm. I wish there was a better way to describe um, just doing healing work. Yeah, I know. Doing profound I'm, healing work. Yeah. I'm constantly struggling with that too. It's, it's is it sort of like boxing you into this title? Yes. And it's it's so hard to describe the work I think you and I both do. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a nothing short of magic is kind of what I see it as. <laughs> that should be I the mean, title. <laughs> it's true. You know, I sit with a client and I don't know what's going to happen. And we just have to wait for it to happen and listen to the intuitive guidance and listen yes. for the magic that wants to unfold. So maybe that is a better title. But until yeah. then, spiritual coach. Um, <laughs> yes, I've been doing that for gosh, nearly fifteen years now. Wow! And it started with my own spiritual awakening when I was twenty-three, which pretty much knocked me on my ass and opened up all of these gifts. And I mean, well, it was a spiritual emergency. It's a long story. Completely threw me, but in the process mm -hmm. got me on my aligned path of loving this work. So thankful for it in the long run. And what's alive in my world? Well, I am 33 weeks pregnant. Congratulations. So that's very, very alive in my world as Ooh. I feel a little being kicking my stomach right now. <laughs> So that's probably the most thing that is the biggest thing that is most alive for me and my husband right now is getting ready for this next adventure. Wow, that's really exciting. What do you do to get ready? Still a good question. 
<laughs> what does a mother do? I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> mentally preparing myself. You know what has been the most useful thing is um, my husband and I share the same birthday. And we went oh. to Colorado together for our birthday. And I was out in the middle of the woods, middle of nowhere. And the coolest thing happened. And I felt this archetypal energy of this primal feminine force enter my body. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to be ready. And it was this force of total alignment and willingness to just move through what is to come. And I'm talking about the birth process because the rest I know we can handle, but that physical Mm -hmm. process is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. So that has helped me get ready the most, the spontaneous almost uh, transmission, if you want to call it that of wow the archetypal energy of the millions upon millions upon millions of women billions Mm -hmm. who have gone through this before wow but so there's that and then there's painting the house so (laughs) it's that's great it's like of course it's like this magical answer and then the functional parts too. I appreciate yeah, that so buying much. Buying a new couch, yeah, the house, like the reality, and resting on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I just so appreciate so, that too. Your response because I think a lot of mothers and people just in general trying to prepare for something are looking at all these more concrete things and like thinking about how we can prepare. And what you shared was just such a an opening into this energy that has existed and is, and it runs through you and just synced up with you here in this experience. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Kind of an initiation for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grateful for it because I was very, very scared until that uh, initiation, I'll call it, happened. So now I'm much calmer, just getting ready. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've been reading your book, Heal Your Heart, How to Awaken the Soul with Self-Forgiveness. And uh, really enjoying it. And you said it was a long story, your your um, spiritual emergence and emergency. Yes. Uh, is there anything you want to share about it? I know you do share it in your book. Well, I can share that. Um, let's see what I want to share about that. Yes, it was something that happened spontaneously when I was, I think I was 23 years old when it started. Mm-hmm. And I had never, ever experienced anything like that. But in that experience, I heard my soul begin talking to me. And what the most interesting thing to me about that experience is that I was in meditation. I had been really, really stressed from school and work and went to the same place in Colorado, actually, where I had this initiation. Colorado, mm-hmm. I guess, is powerful oh, for me. wow. But yeah. um, <laughs> I was there all alone and in meditation and spontaneously my soul began speaking to me. And what I still find fascinating is in the experience of it, it was pure calm, peace, surrender, love. It was the most gentle experience and feeling I've ever had. And in this process, my soul was kind of talking to me about awakening and enlightenment. And it showed me two doors. And it said, you know, you're here to do this. Now you get to pick how you do this. You can walk through door A on the left here. And you're going to walk through and feel instant enlightenment. Or you can do this the slow way, door B. (laughs) You can have a normal life and do this slowly and, you know, have a husband and a family and do all of these things. 
And I wasn't ready for door A at all because I had a sense that if I walk through that door, I might die. I don't know if that's true or not, but the feeling mm-hmm. was so intense that it was it was like uh, my body can't can't handle this. I can't survive this. I don't think it's so immense. I can feel it's on the other side. I'm not sure I can do this. So I very hastily chose door B. And the meditation ended. The voice kind of went away, still peaceful and calm. And it wasn't until I opened my eyes and I could feel the minute my mind clicked into, whoa, what was that? Whoa, that was not normal. Mm. We can't make sense of this. I could feel the mind click into gear. And that's when I went into panic, into spiritual emergency. So what I still find fascinating is the experience itself was immensely beautiful. But it was when the mind took over that it went into emergency. Fascinating. So I just find that a really clear example of the power of the Mm -hmm. mind and how it tries. I could feel it. It was like there were like a thousand spinning gears in my head trying to make sense of what had just happened. And they couldn't, right? This experience was so transcendental. Yeah. The mind can't make sense of soul. The mind has <laughs> no idea what soul is. God right. bless it. You know? <laughs> right. It tries, but it really doesn't have any idea. But it was trying really hard. So that still for me is a really useful illustration of how hard we try to do our awakening, our understanding, our connection to spirit through the mind. And how the mind just doesn't seem to get it. The mind yeah. can be really useful in adding good information that helps us get there or keeping us focused or disciplined. But the mind is uh, inherently, at least my mind, is inherently a little bit fearful yeah. of some of these bigger experiences. I don't know if you've experienced that. I have too. Yeah. my Lately, I've just been tuning more into just dropping that whole dropping my attention from the mind and just feeling what happens, feeling my sense of things. And usually that pans out much better for me. And I do hear people saying, it's great to have a balance of mind and heart. But I think what you're talking about is is even deeper than that. Is that right? Yes, yeah. definitely. So what I, I learned from one of my teachers is that there's three energy centers. There's the lower belly, there's the heart and the mind. Mm-hmm. So the mind is still a powerful energy center. It's just that it's gone too far and it's become the main energy responsible for trying to make sense of our lives mm-hmm. and to ma- help us make sense of healing and spirituality. And it's just, it's taken on a job it's not equipped for. So it's an important energy center that does need attention and can do really great things It's just that we're overly tipped into the mind in Western culture. And so we go into monkey mind Mm -hmm. and we go into trying to use the mind to do a job that it's not meant for, Mm -hmm. that the heart is meant for, the belly is meant for, the body is meant for. And I, I think that's one of the great travesties, I would say, in our culture is that we're relying so heavily on this poor mind that's overtaxed, it's overburdened, it's trying to figure everything out plus pay our bills and get us to (laughs) to the next restaurant or the next appointment and make sure there's groceries in the fridge. I mean, these poor minds of ours are just so burdened right now. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) That was me for sure. Like, I don't know, 10 years ago, it's like my mind was trying to do every single kind of task and it absolutely doesn't digest the emotions. It doesn't digest the intuition. 
No. <laughs> it tries, but usually there's a level of fear that it 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 uh, filters through, so it mm-hmm. doesn't do a great job. And truthfully, my experience, and wonder if this is your experience too, is that when I was so living in the mind that way, I couldn't actually feel much joy. Oh yeah. It was like a yeah. false sense of joy for me. It was like, oh, I thought I was happy. My mind thought I was happy because these are the reasons that we are happy because I have those things. Interesting. But um, yeah, but I couldn't really feel anything. I was pretty numb. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. I didn't much... feel joy until I dropped mm. into my body. Mm. I'm guessing it's similar for you until I actually Absolutely. began feeling the interior of my body. And oh my gosh, oh, look at how good the sun feels on my legs. And Look at how good this taste of coffee is on my taste buds. It's the, the body, the essential experience of being alive is where I actually found my joy. Yeah. And we have this to, to experience. Yes. Body. So these poor sweet minds, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. And yet they're, they've got too much going on. So I want to talk about forgiveness. As I was reading that chapter in your book, it was right at the kind of like the conversation that was going on in me because I hear people saying, oh, I forgave them, right? And Mm. I have this Mm -hmm. experience or this relationship that was really hard for me, but I forgave that person. And I'm left feeling like, oh, I feel that the forgiveness is in me and that experience of forgiveness is actually me acknowledging myself and loving myself or uh, what you've taught me, which was incredibly powerful when I first learned it from you, the self-forgiveness of the beliefs and the judgment around the beliefs that we hold in ourselves. So I want to talk about that and just open up that topic of forgiveness and what comes to you now about forgiveness and self-forgiveness. Well, this is one of my favorite topics. Obviously, I wrote a whole book (laughs) about it. Yes. (laughs) And I have to credit my teacher, Robert Waterman, with teaching me the importance of self-forgiveness. I had no idea. I had no idea how how important it was. So most of us are trained into believing that we really need to forgive other people for things that have been done to us. And it's so interesting. When I began studying psychology and working with this teacher, Robert Waterman, what I began to see is that forgiving others doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah. What matters more is forgiving ourselves. And people often resist the topic of self-forgiveness because they say, they think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, that person mm. divorced me or betrayed me or abandoned me or hit me or sexually abused me. I was the victim. I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, I know. I completely understand. (laughs) And what's interesting about these minds of ours is that even when we have been the victim of some kind of challenge, I don't like that word, so I kind of look for a different word, but there isn't one. When we've been the person to experience some kind of betrayal, abandonment, abuse, neglect, our brains find a way to judge ourselves for it. So that might look like Uh, I work a lot with sexual abuse survivors. I love working with that. And every single sexual abuse survivor that I have found, that I have worked with, excuse me, I have found that there is a belief that forms unconsciously that this is my fault somehow. It is my fault Mm -hmm. this happened to Mm -hmm. me. So if a woman is abused in some way, every single time I have found a belief 
I was asking for it or it was my fault. Mm. And this is the false belief that gets created in the unconscious. And it limits joy, self-esteem. It can create depression, anxiety, all of it. It just robs a person of their life force energy. Mm-hmm. And so with self-forgiveness, we go in and we say, I forgive myself for judging myself for believing that what happened to me was my fault. And even, I don't know about you, but even as I say that, this is a hypothetical, I still get goosebumps because it's just so powerful to go to that level of self-forgiveness. Absolutely. And this happens over and over and over with big experiences, small experiences, everything. I'm noticing it happen with me already with pregnancy. Um, I'm not able to exercise much because when I do, I throw up. (laughs) And there's all of this input, like you need to get strong, you need to exercise, keep yourself healthy, healthy, keep the baby healthy. And there's all of this messaging coming at me of you, you know, you should be doing this and this and this. And my mind, I can watch it now is internalizing that is, oh, I'm doing something wrong already. I'm not being a great mother already. And these are really insidious, subtle beliefs that can just shame us. Anytime we're feeling shame, it's because we've found a false belief that the culture is trying to put on us. It isn't true for us. So even with things like this, I've had to do a tremendous amount of self-forgiveness of, okay, well, I forgive myself for judging myself for believing that I'm doing this wrong as a mother. So it's incredibly powerful. Thank goodness you're doing that. Yes, I I have to. Thank goodness I have training in it. Yeah. And what I have found is that when there is a real experience of abuse, neglect, abandonment, the self-forgiveness often spontaneously leads to forgiveness of others. Not always. And when it doesn't, I completely trust that because I've worked with clients who've experienced some really, really, really traumatic things. And I have no need to push them into forgiveness. I have a desire to help them find self-forgiveness. And that sometimes leads to forgiveness of others, often does. But if not, that's okay too. Everything we experience takes us into healing and wholeness. So that level of release, which is what forgiveness is, will be found at some point for everybody. I appreciate that so much. And I found the same like profound healing with it. And before I worked with you, I was doing EMDR and a lot of embodied therapies. And that helped tremendously for me to be in my body, to feel joy, to feel like I was releasing belief sets that I was living from. But when you dropped in that forgiveness piece, it was like, oh, (laughs) like it it just clicked. And it, for me, touched into the love not only the love, but the level of responsibility and freedom that comes from that mm-hmm. self-forgiveness. It, it touches into the core of this entire experience connected with belief sets and judgments that just creates this ripple effect outward and completely changes energetically yes. and frees yes. me of what it is that I thought I was. Yes, Exactly. And that's, I think, why I love self-forgiveness so much more than forgiveness is because self-forgiveness allows ourselves to get free from whatever happened, whatever whatever false beliefs are running us without needing anything different from our external reality. Yeah. 
It's so we don't need to freedom. change what happened. Right. We don't have to change what happened. We don't have to change how people are responding to us or what they're doing. If we forgive ourselves for whatever is happening, the way we're judging ourselves, for even just feeling emotions that we're unconsciously judging. Oftentimes, if we're women, we're judging our anger mm. or judging ourselves for feeling sad. So even just, I forgive myself for feeling angry about this right now. Whew, it unlocks the energy. Mm-hmm. And you begin to feel more free. And it's incredible. It is. And, <laughs> it is. It I know. Is. It's magical. It is. It's magical. And, you know, it helped me get to this place of realizing that, and, and you say this in your book, like, there's nothing wrong. And any choice you've made, anything you've done, there's nothing wrong with that. And how each thing, that way of being or experience that we can have is part of that freedom. We can choose it at any time. We can choose a different way of being. And there's no way of being that deserves shame or unworthiness. Yes. Or beliefs yes. of unworthiness in ourselves. Yes. I have found self-forgiveness to be the antidote to shame and unworthiness. Yeah. And as a person growing up in this culture, we're just imprinted with shame and unworthiness. And what I have seen in the hundreds, if not a thousand or more clients I've seen at this point is that the unworthiness we feel, the shame we feel, it's not even our fault. Not our fault. Yeah. It's just a, a product of growing up in a shame-based culture. But it is our responsibility to go in and release and heal and get clear. And in doing so, the exciting part is we get free, but we also create more freedom for people around us. Yeah. If we pull out of the shame-based culture and say, no, I'm not going to do that with myself or other people, yes. we begin to change the culture. And then the, there's no need to go into the shame in the same way. So it's already happening. There's, yeah. People are being shamed less for certain things in this newer generation than, say, we were or the people above us. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel that trickle effect of just one person experiencing themselves differently and connecting with others from that place of love and expansion much more. Just uh, reaching out from there. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've met people who don't carry shame in the same way that most people do. Yeah. They're like just beacons of light. Oh, They're yeah. They're so safe. Absolutely. Well, how did you get in touch with your own shame and unworthiness beliefs? That's my guess that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that that's part so of that would, your own gift. That was part of my spiritual awakening, actually, was having to do a deep dive into looking at that. And luckily, I found a great master's program, which really addressed this level. I was lucky to do that. Southwestern College mm-hmm. in Santa Fe just changed my life. So there was support for it. And once I began seeing, oh, wow, look at what happens to us without our knowledge or consent. Is <laughs> <Just> being pro- <laughs> sensitive products of you know, this world, yeah. you just inherit the shame and the sense of unworthiness. And I find it to be especially true for sensitive, empathic people. We're, we just walk around like little sponges. And if there's shame, we're just going to take it. Yeah. And so once I began seeing what was happening with me, it's like the light bulbs all went on and I could see, oh, wow, look at how this is operating for most people most of the time. And I began 
being able to do a deep dive in myself to look at all of the places I was carrying shame. And that's still an ongoing process. But what I have found is it's the, it's the level of unworthiness that keeps us from getting what we truly want. So I notice this for myself. One great example was relationships. So I was my whole entire life, my deepest yearning was to have a really incredible relationship, really you know, husband, family, all of that. It was this deep, deep yearning that, well, first I judged myself for as it didn't seem very spiritual or enlightened to just want to be married to a great guy. <laughs> Another one of those judgments and beliefs, uh-huh. right? That was one I had to work through. Yeah. So worked through that and then began dating a host of men who were not right for me in some way, either emotionally abusive, never physically abusive, I wouldn't have tolerated that, but who were uh, narcissistic, very selfish. I mean, it runs the whole gamut. And it's kept happening to me over and over and over again. And finally, I got in one relationship and I was head over heels in love with this man. I moved to Seattle with him. I thought, this is it. This is the one. I'm crazy about him. And again, I was mistreated. I felt like, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm really not getting what I think I probably deserve in relationship. I really am not feeling very valued here. I'm feeling kind of uh, misused or abused, like I'm being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And that relationship ended, and I, it sent me into a deep soul search of, okay, what's going on here? And what I got to uncover was there was a, still a pocket of unworthiness that I felt from being really bullied and shamed as a young kid, actually. What I could mm-hmm. see is, wow. I was a very chubby kid, very late bloomer, and I got so much teasing and bullying for it. And this little young version of me was holding on to unworthiness. And she truly didn't believe that she was worthy of the kind of guy, adult me, conscious me, really wanted. So I had to go on a really deep dive of looking at all the beliefs that this younger me formed around unworthiness mm-hmm. and I did that took me once I set my mind to it just took me a night but it <laughs> took months leading up to that <laughs> yeah I understand and then, and then months later I got to meet my now husband who's the most incredible being who just cherishes me and I cherish him and we're just absolutely madly in love with each other but Beautiful. it's I know it's only because I had to excavate the part of me that was holding on to beliefs that I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So what I've noticed is this unworthiness really tends to operate, especially in terms of relationships we pull in and the abundance we pull in. Mm. So that's been fascinating for me to look at is, okay, this unworthiness thing that we inherit is a big deal because it can block us from our deepest desires and our even our soul desires. I'd love for you to talk more about the abundance piece with worthiness. And you had mentioned to me um, that you're really interested in women. I think you said calling in their abundance or mm-hmm. what did you? Yeah. yeah. Having abundance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being, Being their abundant selves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Well, this is one I also see healers in particular struggle with and spiritual people struggle with. And this has been one of my biggest struggles as well is, I mean, to be totally blunt, we have so much conditioning as highly sensitive spiritual people to not want material things. Right. Right. I mean, I work sometimes with past lives and I know for me and most people I see who are really old souls is that we've had so many past lives where we chose to get rid of our belongings, get everything to the church, <laughs> other people, serve, 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 serve. Right? Yep. Yep. And I'm and laughing because I'm like, yep, me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know. It's just about every healer I know has this to some level. Yeah. And it's just the sense of, okay, to be worthy of God, to be worthy of love or enlightenment, I have to give myself away. I can't enjoy life. I have to be of service to others. And truthfully, this is one that's a little bit backwards. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it was a level of evolution at the time that 400 years ago, 300 years ago, it was important to learn self-discipline. And it was helpful to be of service to others mm. and get out of the ego. But I'm seeing it work against people who are deeply spiritual and old souls who are now still living that paradigm of trying to give everything away. And I noticed this in myself because I just, gosh, was barely surviving financially. Mm-hmm. And I, my heart wanted to serve everybody, every client, everybody who came to me. And I went through a period of really overworking myself and really undercharging and barely getting by. And luckily, things have been clicking into place inside of me, where there's this inner knowing that says, wait, hold on. This, this is no, this no longer has to be true for me. Yes. And this doesn't have to be true for other people. And that actually the spiritual path can lead to greater material wealth. And that's okay. And it's okay to enjoy life. And it's okay to have luxury. And it's okay to enjoy pleasure and the sensate experiences that money can help facilitate. That they both exist together. Yes. And I find so much resistance to this belief, even inside of myself at times, other people, this conditioning that we have to serve, 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 gets so ingrained, especially if we have a lot of earnestness or integrity around who we are and our spirituality. So yeah. if we're really earnest and wanting to do right. things right, and we have an unconscious belief of, well, to do things right, I've got to be poor and give everything, give everything away. We're really gonna go for being poor. Yeah, everything right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's in a way a a sweet sign of our earnestness and integrity. It's just no longer true that this is the paradigm we're operating under. So what I have seen is, gosh, we actually need more spiritual people and more conscious people and people with integrity and earnestness having more money. <laughs> Yeah, that's how (laughs) we get to change what's happening around us is by actually allowing ourselves more means to change things and to even vote with our dollars. Well, I also really appreciate this, the um, sense that you're giving about this may have been very helpful in the past 
And that's often something I've used like within my ancestry and thinking about the ways of being that have been passed along or that I've um, taken up. But what you're saying here that maybe it was helpful to be self-disciplined at some point, but now it's not really serving in the same way. It's so refreshing and it's so helpful to see it all with that kind of love. And yes, I am so with you. And that story you shared completely resonated with me. And you know that I relate to that as well. And um, just want to support all healers in their abundance and seeing that they can have all of that. Yes. And all good hearted people. Yes. I want to support everybody in their abundance. (laughs) If we had more people like you, me, is really people who want to do a lot of good in the world, claiming more abundance. Gosh, I mean, a lot of these things we see happening wouldn't be able to happen in the same way. Yeah. So I, yeah. it's, I'm very passionate about this now because I'm seeing how in myself, I kept myself disempowered for so long financially. And the ramifications were, were huge. <laughs> And now it's changing, thank goodness. But it's like, gosh, I wasted 15 years on just barely getting by, barely enjoying all I wanted to enjoy. And I just don't want to have, I don't want others to have to live through that if they don't have to. Well, and do you think this relates to the word selflessness? I mean, it just sounds exactly like that idea of people very much valuing the idea of selflessness, completely letting go of all self. And again, there's different levels of self, like the small ego self or the mind self. But um, to completely be selfless doesn't make sense anymore with what you're saying. Yes. I, what I have seen is that it's appropriate for certain individuals in a certain level of awareness. So people, I'm going to just talk in terms of soul age, young souls coming in who it's all about them and they're learning about themselves and they're fiercely independent and and just very egocentered. I don't mean that in a judgmental way. It's what's supposed to happen. Mm, in the development. Their next evolution, yes, mm. is to learn to take other people's perspectives and see other people's needs. So in in that case, yes, being learning to be selfless is a huge act of maturity and evolution. What I'm talking about is mostly people who are old souls or who've done mm-hmm. this, who are deeply wise and sensitive and empathic. And we learned that selfless thing, but we took it too far. <laughs> we kept <laughs> going with it. Oh. We didn't want to let that one go. Right. And actually, <laughs> took it to the extreme here. Yes. Yes. And we hold on to this one tenaciously because it's, it's become such an important part of spiritual identity. Yeah. Well, who am I if I'm not giving? Oh, I mean, that's a big question. I just felt it. Yeah. And am I worthy if I'm not giving? I mean, these are huge questions. Yeah. And if I'm not giving to be good or get to God, well, am I okay just as I am? And that's when you really have to go into worthiness. And that's a place that scares a lot of people, and myself included. It did for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. just claim your worthiness. Can mm-hmm. you claim that you're here for your own pleasure, your own awakening? Can you claim that you're not here to save the entire world? 
Can you claim that giving everything away doesn't even work in saving the entire yeah. world? <laughs> so it's it's the next evolution to really realize that as someone, and I'm sure your audience of listeners identify as someone going for true awakening, the selflessness only gets us to a certain point. And then we've actually got to choose ourselves mm. and choose our lives and choose being alive and choose pleasure and choose expansion. I love how you said that. Yeah, it's not selfish in the way that we've known ourselves to be selfish. It's actually us choosing ourselves is in service to all. Because as we choose ourselves deeply from a really deep place, as we choose life from a really deep place, we open up a template or a path for other people to do the same. And there is no greater service to humanity than that. Absolutely. I mean, even in saying that there's, or maybe, I don't know, this is something I'm grappling with, so please challenge me. But it feels almost like even in saying, in choosing ourselves, it's a greatest service to all. It's a great service to all. That's like comforting to the part of me that wants to be of service. Yes. And then there's another part of me that says, and choosing myself for myself is enough. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. <laughs> and yes. like, why does it have to be for the service? But then I totally. kind of go back and I like toggle back and forth. <laughs> well, yes. And, and, I, and I speak to that part of us that just so deeply needs to be of service because of these big hearts yeah. we have. Yes. yes. But the truth yes. is we want to love doing this for yourself is enough. Absolutely enough. Absolutely. But I find it really hard for people, myself included, to just make that leap to, oh, I'm just going to do this for me. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I mean, it's been so many lifetimes yeah. since we've experienced doing things for us that the basic self can't quite get on board fully with that for most people I've yeah. worked with. Yeah, I have a, a good friend who has lived many lifetimes and seems to be right there with it, where she's able to say, no, this is about you <laughs> and this is your wow. life. And so it kind of shocks me every time. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like she wow. it's like a shake to my system. She's clear. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. she's so clear. Right. And it's a great reminder to me to, to find my own balance with it. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I want to go back to victimhood. And you were saying you don't really like that word. And I just pulled a quote from your book. What happens in our lives truly is here to serve us. Things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And later you say our lives are designed to bring us into greater levels of awareness, freedom, and love. So when you said you don't love the word victim, or victim, the idea of victimhood, I think um, this quote seems to connect with it. Things don't happen mm -hmm. to us. Can you speak more about your thoughts mm -hmm. about this or your feeling of this? Yes. So what I have been taught and really explored in my own life and found to be true is that the places we're still struggling, the places where we do feel like we're victims, places that we're not fully empowered, those are places that are still uncleared inside of us. That our soul's trying, they're places where our soul is trying to work something out still. So, in terms of, for example, 
when I was talking about relationships and myself, I felt like a victim at times. Like, what is mm-hmm. wrong with me? Why am I attracting in guys who just are like this? You seem great and then turn kind of mean or whatever, neglectful. What What is going on? I felt victim. You know, I'm watching all my friends choose guys who are incredible and treat them well. And it was really easy to go into this place of, well, poor me. Why can't I have that? Yeah. And now looking back, what I can see is I couldn't have that until I claimed and worked with this piece of unworthiness inside of me. And the soul's goal here was to get me to look at that place of unworthiness and clear that shame and clear those false beliefs and empower myself at an even deeper level. So even though while I was going through it, I felt really victimized. Like, gosh, everyone's getting married. And I was quite, Mm. it was quite later when I met Walter compared to most, the average, most people. But um, what I came to find is that, wow, my soul really wanted me to get this one. And it did. And it changed that awareness of this place of unworthiness I was hanging on to changed everything for me. Mm. Absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And so it was a piece I had to get, even though I felt like it was unfair at the time. Yeah, the victim place I see is a place where we're still trying to work something out. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll have those places as long as we're human yeah. inside of us. Yes, that's part yeah. of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just have a few more questions for you. What are you tussling with right now? What are you challenged with on your journey? Gosh, so the biggest challenge I am grappling with is how to balance my different passions and becoming a mother, which is I've wanted and passionate about that, maintaining a really fruitful marriage and doing the work I love. So there's a mm-hmm. place inside of me that's in fear of about, can I do all of this? <laughs> can I do all of this well? And so that's probably my main issue that I'm grappling with is I, I want to give 100% to all areas of my life and just the fear that I won't be able to. That's a real thing. Yeah, yes. Those are big things, big yes. passions. Yeah. And I don't have an answer yet, but we'll yeah. even check in in a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I just kind of go back in my mind to what you said about you being you is of service to all Mm -hmm. and even when you're maybe I don't know the thought I had was just even when you're in your life and being the mother and taking a little time off of working with clients or doing your healing work that's already going to be in service yes it will and I love my clients, and I love yes, my work. I, and I know you be do. There with them too. So it's, oh, and it's, we will it's, miss it's, you <laughs> for the time you're away. This will be interesting. But we have your book. We have your book that is too. True. That <laughs> is true. Thankfully, I got that out before yeah. before all this happens. But yeah, yes. how how the modern woman does it right now? Oh, is, I know. Uh, kind of a mystery to me. So even without marriage and without kids, life was a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> now that those are on the table too, it's like, gosh, how do people do this? So well, yeah, yeah. I, let me know in a year. <laughs> I will. I don't Hopefully know. I'll have more wisdom about this in a year or two. <laughs> That's a question I've had too. Like how, how, if I want kids and 
And if I choose to, what do I do with all the other parts of my life that already take up all the time? Yes. And I enjoy that. The place I'm getting closer to with it is that um, believing and feeling you're worthy of support and I'm worthy of support in this. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's my growing edge right now in terms of worthiness is am Mm. I worthy enough to really ask for the help I need? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks it alone. like, right? A nanny mm-hmm. or um, food delivery service or house yeah. or <laughs> all of these things. Yeah, am I worthy enough to ask for? Yes, more you help? are. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yes, you. you are. Yes. So that's my growing yeah. edge. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing this. <laughs> and I and I wonder. Um, this is the last question I have for you. What what brings you joy right now? What just feeds your soul? You know, it's those little moments. Um, it always has, but since I had my spiritual awakening, what I found was it's these little tiny daily moments that bring me joy. So this morning, I'm really obsessed with the Cara Cara oranges they have at Whole Foods. So this morning, oh, those was, are yummy. <laughs> they're so good. It was sitting down and eating an orange first thing in the morning because pregnancy really mm. affects your blood sugar. So those first few bites of a cold <laughs> orange, deeply joyful and pleasurable. Oh, oh <laughs> so oh, happy that yeah. you give yourself that gift, that moment yes. to enjoy. Going out and watering the yard and just smelling the flowers that are in bloom, joyful. Just feeling the sun yes. on my bare arms because it's, it's quite warm here today, joyful. So it's it's still those little things, and I always think it will be you know, a good cup of coffee. So it's those mm. daily sensate pleasures. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much, Charmaine. Is there anything else you want to share today? See if anything arises. Oh, that feels pretty complete. I mean, I could talk about all of this for three hours. I know. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. <laughs> But perhaps we will in the future. Yeah, right. It feels complete for now. Yeah. Well, thank you for being you, for being out there in your life, enjoying your life, and sharing that joy with others and supporting others in doing that. Uh, Where can people find you? So I can be found on my website, www.charminecookup.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And it's just my name, Charmaine Kilcup. Great. And you have this self-love quiz that people can tune into. I do. Yes. I'm having trouble figuring out how to put it on my website. (laughs) (laughs) So perhaps I can find that link and send it to you and you can post it with this. Yeah. Yes. I think I have the link. We'll we'll post it with the show notes. The tech stuff is so difficult for me. So (laughs) that's where I do. You don't have to do it all. (laughs) Exactly. I feel worthy of support there. I will tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You already have a good example of it for yourself. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Candice. Thank you for the work you're doing too. I know you're spreading all the self-love, all the joy as well. I just want to thank you for that too. Thank you. It was so lovely to be able to have Charmaine on the show and to connect with her on this beautiful, magical 
healing work that we're both doing and how she awakens love in people is just so inspiring. Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you want to touch into her book, check it out on Amazon. It's called Heal Your Heart, How to Awaken the Soul with Self-Forgiveness. And you can find that at her website as well, CharmaineKillCup.com. And all of this information is linked on the show notes on my website at CandiceWu.com slash Charmaine. And her name is spelled C-H-A-R-M-A-Y-N-E, Charmaine. Don't forget to check out her free gift of a meditation and self-love quiz at her website. And also at her website, you can find the information about the Institute of Spiritual Coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's wonderful to know that you're out there. So if you have any feedback, questions, or topic ideas, or just want to share your personal story of something that is connected with an episode or anything at all, feel free to connect with me on my website at candiswoo.com connect. And if you're interested in receiving my newsletters that share some self-love notes, as well as personal updates about my life and what's going on in my inner world, you can sign up at candiswoo.com embody. You'll also be up to date with retreats and workshops as well as podcasts that I'm having and each of these podcasts has a very special theme or guest and they're all meant for you to just tune into what feels inspiring to you so you don't have to listen to every single one but to pick and choose what really calls to you at what time. So as we close today I want to just invite you all to give yourself a moment to tune into your heart And just notice what's happening without any changing it or judgment. Just this moment of connection with yourself to allow and notice what you're feeling. And as we leave here with a little bit of music today, I invite you to sense into that energy of loving and let that infuse into your day. And on behalf of both Charmaine and myself, just wishing that you all have that self-loving that can guide you through life with gentleness, playfulness, curiosity, and fun. Take good care and look forward to connecting with you again on the Embody Podcast. Podcast.